0: Welcome back to You Gotta Meet Her podcast. I'm Christine Barr, and today we are talking with o He is a friend of mine from the boot camp. I think I'm just... Um you know, sourcing all my boot camp family, Um, but he was able to come on and do the podcast with me, and we talk about a lot of interesting things. He is from Nigeria, and you can't hear his accent until he wants you to. So get ready for that. Um, But he's also a pastor and he has five beautiful children and a wife that has a face that just won't quit. She's gorgeous. And I am so happy for him to come on and tell his story. Um, I know that we have had Nigerians on before. Um, We had Belian and we also... Had Erica, um, both from season one, I believe. I, you know, I get confused, um, but it's nice to hear the male version of their their lifestyle of what he um, on the way he used to live compared to here in the United States. I. I had a lot of questions. We talk about African weddings and I go wild so please, you know, thank you for indulging. You know, I always get caught up on one thing and I got caught up on that. (laughs) But he gives a lot of uh, uh, insight on the male view um, especially coming from Nigeria but also from a pastor's view which we have not had before. So I'm going to stop talking and I hope that you um, fall in love With Okim just as much as I have. So let's meet him. Let's meet Okim. Today we are talking with Okim. Okim, tell us a little bit about you.
1: Hey. um, So, me, right now, I'm a dad of five kids, have a beautiful wife. Um, It's probably what you would meet about me first. I used to have two minivans. I think that's cool because I hated minivans. And then I, now I love them. Um, so I I consider myself a storyteller. So I like telling stories. I like writing stories. I've actually made some short films here and there. Um, so much fun, honestly. I'm actually working on a script for a client of mine. And so that's also fun. It's like having a child. You have to Carried to conception, but then it's not really yours. You're giving it to somebody, so then it's weird like that. I love the challenge of telling good stories. Um, and I'm I grew up in Nigeria. Came here when I was 21. Um, I came here when I was 21, and been here since. And um, I love I love my heritage. I love the fact that I got to live outside of the United States and then live in the United States as an adult. That gives me. Um, perspective and understanding and appreciation for this amazing country and also the country where I came from um, and yeah me and my wife pastor the Arlington location for Calvary Church it's a weekday location we have gospel circles every week and so uh, those are some of the things that I do and that's probably how I describe myself today yeah
0: Okay. Okay. (laughs) We are about to unpack some things. I love, you know, it's so funny because some people just say, I don't know how to answer that. Or they're like, oh, I hate this question. And they don't realize how loaded that question can be. And you kind of skated through a lot, but let me tell you, we're about to deep dive into this. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Get ready. Don't think I didn't hear what you said. (laughs) so first thing first you said your ethnic background and your race is nigerian correct
1: yes yes okay okay. so
0: where's your accent like i like oh it's i want to bring
1: it out i'll bring it out when i want to bring it out
0: oh take it
1: away just like that (laughs) (laughs) oh my
0: goodness when does it normally come out
1: I'm talking to people that you know, my friends, my, my 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 like my Nigerian friends or my family, then yeah, you'll you'll hear it come out. My mom would literally be like, Hey, I don't hear what you're saying. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, ah. Yeah, she I'll switch up. But yeah, it's it's very it's very alive and well. I'm still who I am, but I just I just I just have a different way of talking. Um when I went to Nigeria for my sister's wedding, I was doing like a thank you thing, and I started off. And now I'm in Nigeria, right? Now I'm now I'm talking American, like an American. Yeah. Hey guys, thanks for. And I look at everybody's face, and I just was like, coming out here today, and we really. (laughs) And and my friend, my my cousin's husband was like, bro, that was beautiful. (laughs) He was like, because he was like, he he's like, when you started talking, I was like, he was like, oh, he's doing it. They're not, and this is a crowd of, I don't know. 300 400 people and then he's like and then i was like wait i didn't even realize he switched so yeah it's uh multi there's multi um languages which i'm multi accented. so I, I it's it is what it is
0: oh tell me about these other languages how many other languages do you speak
1: well i was just comparing people to have speak multiple languages and if people have multiple accents um mm-hmm. probably do I understand a little bit of my dad's language, which is Igbo. Um, there's three major tribes in Nigeria. Let me educate y'all a little bit. There's the Alsas, there's the Yorubas, and the Igbos. Um, you've probably met Yorubas and Igbos because the Alsas don't really travel as much. Um, so my dad is from the Igbo. It's Igbo. Now there's a bunch of minority tribes. I mean, I'm talking 200 and something. And so my mom is from one of those minority tribes and she speaks Ibibio. And so, um, I hear a little bit of that too. So I, I, grew up in a multi in, in Nigeria, there's multiple ethnic groups. So I grew up in a multiple ethnic group family, really an awesome blessing. Um, and then there's also broken English, which is basically what we speak in the streets of Lagos. And it sounds like we're fighting when we talk, cause there's so much energy in it, but, um, it's made its way into songs and movies and, you know, it's a thing. It's, it's a so I, I, that one I speak fluently, but it's that language just just lives. It has a life of its own, and <laughs> so you can invent your word, and if it works, people will carry it. So that's um, yeah.
0: Okay, so I just want you to know thank you for sharing all that good information for people that do not know um, about the multicultures that were in your upbringing that are still there today. But you are my third Nigerian that I have had on the podcast, and I didn't know the other <laughs> two were Nigerian, I didn't know you were Nigerian. Uh. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> so it's like maybe i'm just gravitate to that maybe god is telling me like girlfriend oh. that's where you need to go <laughs>
1: well you know I, I tell people this we are we are the most we are very proud people number one um you will not see nigerian commercials begging for money it doesn't happen mm-hmm. we, will, we will die hungry first mm-hmm. we're very proud we're very adventurous and then we don't just go somewhere and just sit down so oh, we just we move we make we're about business. We're about learning. The Yorubas are really good at education. Um, the Igbos like doing business. So we move so far and wide that, you know, my opinion, you would not even know everywhere Nigerian is around you. And so it's yes, you. We're, we're everywhere, <laughs> but we're all we're very. Um, I love I love the energy we bring. Um, I we have strong reactions from people. Some people hate my. My wife said, literally worked for Nigerians and was like, I will never, ever end up with a Nigerian. Like that, was, that was her thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> so that worked out for her. So we bring out strong reactions from people sometimes. But and now you guys are is.
0: together with five kids.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. So thank you for telling me about that. But I want to talk about culture just a little bit, um, not too deep, but... How is the difference in culture between your Nigerian background? Because you said you were here when you, you moved here when you were 21. So there's, that is a very um, adult age. A lot of people are here. Um, I know, I think the last one, oh, she, okay. She moved here when she was 19. I'm thinking I I had to think for a second. And then the first um, guest that I've had on, she was on season one as well. She came here when she was four five years yeah. old. So she started school here in the US. In the
1: US, yeah.
0: Right. So tell me what is those cultural differences? What was some of those shocks that you didn't expect? Because I I and I before I let you answer, there's this meme that's like, what americans think that africa looks like and what africa uh. really looks like and you know it's like oh you know oh, like yeah, we get we... the media media tells us what we what we should think and how we should view other places so tell me what is those stereotypes or what is the cultural shocks that you had coming to the u.s
1: um man it's i'll put it this way that the, the there's great things about this country. I think the mindset of the American is, I'm gonna go do this. That's, that's what the average American is thinking. The mindset in other places, including Nigeria, sometimes is, I don't know if I'll ever do this, right? I wanna get a house that has seven bedrooms and someone out there is gonna sell it to me in the United States. Somewhere out there, someone has a seven bedroom house with a pool in the middle of the house. Somebody does. In Nigeria, you just don't always see... The average person doesn't think like that because... Um, so the United States is uh, amazing because you, there's this culture of, I just believe that dot, dot, dot. It's, that's definitely one of the things. Um, so I saw it in my cousin, actually. He, he used to be in Nigeria. He came here, which all those ages you mentioned, that's a good time to come. Four years, 19, you're grown. 20. It's the middle part that there. Man, there's turbulence. When you come when you're like 13 or nine ten you know a little you don't really know 1921 we can take our we can handle our business four years old you don't know nothing in between that those are the stories you want to hear because there's there's a lot that can happen um but it's um so for so my cousin came back to Nigeria and he had been here for a while came back I had known him he left when he was like 13 and it was like 10 years later he came back and I just real, I was like yo this dude is just thinking like he can do whatever he wants. Like what the, I was very impressed with his mindset. And I realized, I mean, because it was my cousin, I was like, I know this cat. So it's not like, you know, he was this way before I've, this is, he's got this from somewhere. And I remember thinking like, man, I would love to go to the United States because the way he thinks now is just on a different level. We all work hard. We all hustle, but his mindset was just seemed to be like, yeah, I'm going to be able to do this and I'm going to go here. I'm going to go and join the army. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I just remember things to myself. I'm just hoping I can make it to college. And I haven't really mm. thought beyond that. So, I'm, and that might not be what people will point out. This was my experience, right? This was, of course. Uh, um, this was my experience. So that's what I personally, I wanted to see. I wanted to be in a place like that. I wanted to be in a place where people just believed in the possibilities. Um, outside of that, man, everything is Everything is the same and everything is different. We're all human beings, uh, but um, we don't have a stable system like government or economy like the United States does. Um, Power is on here all the time. In Nigeria, it's not. Maybe 40% of the time it's on in some places. 60 is a really good mark, really. The Internet, when I left, the Internet was a big deal. When I left Nigeria, now it's better. Um, When I left Nigeria, the internet was not easily accessible, so it was you were pretty much used to going to a computer and there's no internet on it. Like it was like ninety percent of the machines you were on. What that was different when I came here. Um, So those are some of the things: jobs, people working. I had never really had a job till when I turned twenty-one. Maybe that was me. And when I say a job that pays you financially, like actually get a check and not just you doing stuff and um i came here and you you know people had been working since they were 15 and it was like wait this is your first job what were you doing with your whole life <laughs> like oh shoot i gotta explain where i came from um education is different um the grind is there um in both on both sides i mean in nigeria we, we we were studying with candles and in libraries they were like size of a room and it was like this is the library okay all right whatever like your queue in to go study. And then you come here where you have a lot more in place. And so um, there's, there's definitely differences in that. For me, the thing I'll probably highlight today is family. Um, we have, we have, you look around in Nigeria, you throw a stone, you hit a solid, in my opinion, solid family with uncles and aunts and grandparents and grand And in the U S you know, you find that kind of family that's that meets regularly, that has conversations, that has some kind of rhythm. And if you go mother, mom and dad and their parents, um, you're doing well. So in, in Nigeria family, was a big deal, um, big deal, big influence, sometimes a little too much influence. Like, dude, get out of my business. I don't care about this. You can't tell me who to marry whatever, but they were there. And if you fell, they caught you. If you needed something, they helped you. If you were traveling to a different city, your dad was like, oh, I have a cousin there. Your uncle's there. Everyone is your uncle anyway in Africa. So you could stay with them here. It's just, <laughs> there's, there's just not as much connection. Um, we have family meetings in Nigeria, like every month where, um, you know, people from the same village, not even family, like just the same city, if you like, will meet. And there's all kinds of things like that. Don't have the same here. So for me, the American, the family unit that I, the family foundation I got from being Nigerian, it's priceless because America has options and you can get lost in them uh, more than Nigeria did. But because of my family, um, the, the men in my family standing by me, speaking to me, showing me what to do, I'm able to be here today versus what I've seen with some American families, um, especially minority families um, on the Black side, where it's like you can't find um, a solid man that's been married for 30 years. So
0: yeah alexa's oh, talking sorry <laughs> my alexa just went crazy hold a second let me unplug her
1: she want to talk to me it's all right
0: i just i just killed her i just took her <laughs> out of the wall like um okay but I, I i have so many questions so many questions so let's um break it down for for me because i am coming from a very ignorant place. And when i say ignorant i mean i've never been to nigeria. Yeah. Um all the nigerian people i do know are women. Got gotcha. you. And what i have seen of nigeria has been on tv. So yeah. i am <laughs> very ignorant to the culture and things in that way. So when I hear you say about the family unit, that was something that I really wanted to touch on. Is it because there's so many people in one small location where you feel like you have more family? Like here, I feel like it's so easy for someone to pick up and move to the other side of the country, even though they are leaving their family and things like that. In my head, I'm like, is it so family oriented because everyone is right there in the same area? or is it more that no one ever leaves because everything you need is right here, right now? How how is that dynamic? Is what is that dynamic?
1: Yeah. Um, so it's not just tied to location. I can say that we're not as big as the U.S. The U.S. is a continent, but even in the United, so for example, right now in the United States, I'm um, I'm a part of. Wait, well, let me count one. Two, three, four groups that are tied back to my family in Nigeria. And I'm okay. talking about, ha- I'm a financial secretary for one of them. So, like, they have bank accounts, um, uh, like, r- like, and we're nowhere near home. So, there's that. So, they have bank accounts, they have treasurer. some of them have like actual boards, um, some of them are like informal you know, and this is not counting just a general, I went by to my own cool meeting type thing, or someone's getting married. I'm talking about like actual organization. So that's just an example. So it's not necessarily tied to location. It probably helped. And that's probably how it started. We're all here. Uh, but for us, our government at one point in Nigeria, our government was re- really the people. Um, and that's how we solved the problems. And we were not as, you know, we're, we're uh, Eastern culture tell stories, right? Um, and, um well, let me put it this way, Eastern culture, you know, if you read the Bible and say there was a man and he went on to a drink, that was how they were, they were passing information across in these stories, in these pictures. And Western culture is about almost like more about data, right? This is the data. This is what we found. They still record things. Eastern culture is like, we didn't even, we don't even know if that story is true or not, but I'll tell you how we came. Some guy came in with a mountain and a bird flew on his hand. And, and so it's this stories. And so... I, we, our community, the African community um, in Nigeria, we came from that, this um, family-based, um, where I know you're my uncle because my dad told me. Mm. I don't have any data, I don't have anything, and so it's. I think it's kind of wired in us. We're, we're that. We're community-based, um, and there were also, you know, problems with that. There were wars and whatever, but that's how we were wired. So today, while it's no longer the government, right? We don't have a government of you know, the elders in the family, it's still part of who we are. And I'm sure there's better reasons and all kinds of things why, but it's still part of who we are. Where When we travel, we're looking for family, right? And, you know, in the, in Texas, there's a lot of members of my family because one of my family members came here. And he used to be in Oklahoma and he moved here and a lot of family members moved here. And so he started a meeting here. But if you're in a different city, you're not going to have that same amount of people around you, but you can call into the meeting and you can participate. And if something happens, they can hit you up. So um, I don't know where, well, I'll put it this way. It works really well. So there's no reason to stop doing it. Um, But I think that's how our communities were especially if you go look at before the British came and colonized like two thirds of the world, um, it was this small villages led by elders and family that were ruling their communities, ruling their town, ruling their cities. And so we've just continued that. We literally still have some of those structures in place. They're just not official political
0: Entities. blocks
1: or, yeah. And so that just stayed in place. It's, and it's, look, it's, it's amazing to be able to look across and see grown men telling you look that you being stupid that's not gonna work or something happens and you can call them so especially when you're out of the country it's actually you actually want it more because now you're because i'm the guy that was like yeah i ain't going to that meeting that's stupid but when i came out i was like oh boy i have family and it became a place of comfort so i'm i don't know where it started i know that's how we are as a people that's how we were that's how we are but um it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're home or not. They do meetings in China. They do meetings in D.C. They do meetings in Houston. Um, Houston probably has more Nigerians than anywhere in the U.S. They do meetings um, in Nigeria. So, um, and then these bodies start communicating with each other. It's a great thing. Um, there's things we could have done better with it, in my opinion. Uh, we need to. The African man is African. Like I speak for Africa in Nigeria, we're very comfortable <laughs> with that family. Conversation, talking, helping each other. Are you going to school? But we stop there. And my thing is, you know, I, one of the things I talked to my parents about is like, we need to turn some of these things into businesses that can actually create wealth and create value and become official, legit organizations. That's where Westerners do it. And we don't. We stop at the, eh, it's family, we're good. Westerners go, well, it's family, but let's go start McDonald's with this burgers that you're making. And mm-hmm. then it starts blessing all these people, hiring, getting jobs. And now you're working for them. Uh, which is great we need to take it a step further because we have some of that we just don't take it the extra mile and we don't you know we don't leave behind some of the things that i think we can for our children we just leave it as we're family this is what we do so took you on a rabbit trail but that's that's how much i know about that whole thing i love it though i absolutely love it
0: yeah no thank you that was I, that was gorgeous. Thank you for explaining it that way. <laughs> gorgeous. You're gorgeous. It was gorgeous because let me let me explain. Like the average American's view of Africa is a penny a day will save this child. Yeah. You know, like that's how <laughs> we see it. That's how it's been fed to us. So to hear someone in an adult age that moved to the US and still has those connections and still sees the beauty of those lifelines that are back home that that's a gorgeous way of being able to want appreciate where you are now and appreciate where you were before yeah. now you said meetings what are these meetings can you talk about these meetings like you, you just said meetings is it just i'm checking on, on you i'm checking on you i'm checking on you is it spiritual meetings is it financial meetings what are these meetings that you're doing
1: yeah the ones that i'm a part of there's different kinds um there's one that i started with my cousin so that's like um it's called golden academy we basically started it to scholarship basically to help people in Nigeria go to college we're sponsoring like four or five kids in fact schools just opened back up in Nigeria so we actually like have to start doing that so that one when we meet we're meeting to raise funds we're also meeting to get check up on the people find out what they're doing if there are any issues transferring money to Nigeria things like that but we also have like socials like we just kick it and just like hey let's just have a barbecue let's just end the year type thing um, some of the bigger organizations I'm a part of have I mean they have like their own almost like legislator like you your your village can send you as their rep but you go there and they have bigger budgets you pay to be a member um there's dues you can get kicked out of it um you're still it's funny you're still family but you're not in the meeting bro because you didn't pay your money um so if someone passes away they actually will do burials and stuff if you've ever been to an african wedding and seen people wearing the same outfits <laughs>
0: okay wait that, stop there stop there african weddings Okay. Oh, kim <laughs> okay okay can we talk about this i okay So I'm sorry.
1: I just got married
0: (laughs) last year and I'm like watching all these beautiful like (laughs) <laughs> like YouTube weddings and then these African weddings start coming in and this bitch not only was she wearing Jimmy Choo she had a tiger and she had smoke and yeah. then they had all this food and then they were dancing and he was like yeah. let me tell you what I'm gonna do for your daughter she ain't yeah. gonna go hungry you ain't gonna go hungry no yeah. one's going hungry and I'm like mm-hmm. what is this yeah. You're like, like, can
1: we do my wedding again <laughs> yes
0: and I was like, Brandon, uh, you need to be African. Like, what yeah, the yeah. hell, bro? Like, who am I, mean, I marrying? You didn't <laughs> call my mom and tell her you were going to get her a Mercedes after no. this. Like, what <laughs> the fuck? Like, I That's was funny. like, why? Like, how is it that they have so much money to do all this? Is yeah. it because of the meetings? Is everybody just donating for this dude to get his mom's like a freaking Mercedes?
1: That's a, Hey, look, I'll tell you this. This is what I, Nigeria. Is there, a, the pe- there are rich people in Nigeria, but the government mismanages wealth, right? Yeah. I'm not saying there's no poor. There's a lot of poor people, but there's a lot of rich people too. So if you, if you pull up for a Nigerian wedding and you think, well, we're going to see the Africans, um, <laughs> and they know, they're going to stunt all over you. Uh, we, yes. look, we invented stunt. I mean, I've pulled up a Nigerian wedding before there were two um, Hummer limousines or in front of the church one was white one was black and just in case you missed it they left the doors open it's one of those doors that open upwards uh, and, look, and look, we- look,
0: suicide doors suicide doors yeah
1: there you go they left the door open, and i'm like this is i'm going to church to plan my wedding i'm going to go talk to the wedding plan i'm like <laughs> Oh, I'm not telling her I'm Nigerian. Oh, I'm not, because these jokers right here probably paid her out of the bank. I'm like, I'm yeah. hiding. I'm like, look, I grew up in Dallas, Texas, ma'am, And uh, <laughs> I just want, and so, yeah, look, African wedding. Wh- where do you want to start? Let me, I'll put it this way. When it comes to weddings, anything that has to do, with weddings, burials, birthdays, anything, we like to celebrate, Nigerians. Like, we, we love celebrating. And when we celebrate, a lot of times, we want to make a statement. So sometimes people will be like, I ain't got money, but this wedding going to be dope. Right, I don't know right. how it's going to happen. It's. I mean, I I personally, I grew up, there, I still feel intimidated at some events. I'm like, I cannot do this. This guy, right. I mean, they bring out. And again, it's also, it used to be, it's not the same anymore, but it used to be that it was a sign of wealth. If you could do a good ceremony a good event then you can take care of my daughter so weddings back in the day were and and we do them today we don't really do them but we do them like as a joke but weddings back in the day was you come in and prove to the dad hey i have i'm i'm wealthy i have people i have resources i will take Mm. care of your daughter Mm. um there's this thing called um um what's the name but it means wine carrying where the wife takes the wine and go gifts to her husband you see it happening weddings and it was actually a thing that used to happen it's like go find your husband give him this wine that's the sign of acceptance and so and then the man would bring like his the bride price was a thing like i'm not like my sister's wedding 2017 the freaking <laughs> my dad was my dad was like i'm good you should bring what you got no the man in family like no he ain't bringing what he got he bring in the world i mean they wanted the goats and this and my dad was like are you all serious is this your daughter did you raise her did you send her to college i'm gonna need you to sign that paper say thank you let's give <laughs> it back to that man but i've seen people who it's a thing like the woman is in the house crying because and depending on what culture you're in in ebo like they can they do this thing where the guy has to come with his people don't come alone and this ain't no they're like don't pull up alone in the man here like and when you say his people they could be like 60 Right. And wow. they keep them at the gate. And they're like, before we let you in the gate, you got to pay. You got to show us that you're ready. So the man has to like bring out his people, his dad, bring yams and goat, or maybe a goat, chicken, food, money, whatever the heck it is they want. And then they open the gate and then we can start the traditional wedding, not the w- main wedding, the traditional wedding. And then traditional wedding is basically about, you know, him showing the dad that he's able. So that is the basis of what you're seeing. On YouTube and all that, and yes, I I have a my friends, one of my best friends' older brother. uh, Maybe one day I'll show you that wedding. He got married in a freaking castle. Like I'm not even playing. I'm not in France. And I till this day I haven't seen a wedding better than that. And I'm just like, dude, what in like why? (laughs) this wedding in the wedding industry in Nigeria is probably one of the biggest when COVID hit there was a lot of people that that are suffering because not because they couldn't work because they couldn't do weddings comedians Uh, um musicians um I mean they decorate these halls it's a massive industry go on YouTube you see a lot of um people with Nigerian heritage that do makeup a lot of them do weddings do like 20 people in the bridal party chart so uh, it's that's that topic you should get some ideas around <laughs> you know, give them something to drink and just say let's talk about your wedding tell me about no. what her mom his dad okay oh,
0: yeah. she literally had a tiger walk her down the aisle oh, I believe a you. freaking tiger believe, and before they had spotlights and smoke and i was like yeah. what kind of wedding yeah. is this and yeah. she shows up at the end of the aisle with a tiger and her dad on the other arm yeah. i'm like you didn't even yeah. need your dad, <laughs> don't the need tiger your, dad. Was enough. your dad is
1: a tiger the guy was like right i, never-
0: I was like brandon like we have like you yeah. need to show up bro yeah. like so what this, are you so doing we,
1: we make fun of american wedding, david's bridal let you know we make fun of American weddings. We're like, oh, yeah, what they give you? Wine and cake. Aw, how nice. Ah, because really? of what you've seen. Oh, yeah, it's oh. a thing. I mean, because of what you just saw, I like, your girlfriend, oh, you'll be back in 30 minutes. You go for an African wedding, cancel your whole day. Just forget oh. whatever it is you were going to do afterwards. You're going to start late, but you're going to have the time of your life. And you're going to come back at 2 in the morning, and you dance your shoes off, sprayed money on the bride, and you came back happy. You yeah. went somewhere. This ain't no... I'm part of part of it what it gives to you also is you do all that to come into a family you're not that you're not playing with that marriage (laughs) like you know it's it's almost like it costs me too much homie (laughs) to bring you home like you look we're gonna figure call the counselor we'll talk we'll figure it out so yeah I, I think it gives value to the you know I hear people say we got married I'm like when and I'm not saying it's bad do what you can but it almost seems like when you're taking a woman out of a family you're making an announcement. I'm taking her to my family. I'm now responsible for her. Um, I'm joining her family. Mm-hmm. And when, you, when, when people do be big, doesn't mean it's going to work. But at least, it, to me, it gives you a platform that you're doing something serious. Mm-hmm. I really love you, or I wouldn't go all this, go to all this drama and all this stuff. I mean, anyway.
0: Okay, I got yeah. two questions for you. Um, one, and you can answer them back to back. One when he comes to the household, have they already met? Or is it more of an arranged marriage And two when he comes to the house to bring all this stuff? Is it a dowry where he's paying for her? Because it sounds like it's more like showboat showboat. Let me show you what I got so that you can trust me with your daughter. And then at the same time, it's still her choice, but the father feels more comfortable. How, how is that dynamic?
1: Yeah, it used to be. It started from the man. You, I mean, sometimes you were being <laughs> bartered over as a woman. You had no idea because some guy saw you, or some guy's dad saw you, and was like, "Yo, she's pretty." Um, go talk to your dad. They figure it out. That's how it started out. It doesn't really happen that way anymore. Now I will tell you, there's still back, back channel dealings. Like I've, I've had cousins. I'm like, who? What am I hearing about this person? It's like, oh yeah, uh, my dad talked to her, her dad and he gave me her number. Like that still happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, people are still like, they're not making you, but they're strongly suggesting, mm-hmm. right? And if they're paying for your rent, you know, it's a very strong suggestion. Mm-hmm. Now, um, I don't think, I don't know about lots anybody who was forced. I, I actually know of a cousin who was taken to Nigeria to go get married and he gets there. <laughs> Sees the girl, turns around and leaves. Oh,
0: what? Like,
1: my dad is going for the wedding and gets there, doesn't even see the dude is supposed to be in the wedding, right? And because he basically saw the girl's like, oh, that's never happening at least. <laughs> so so now you look, hey, I, uh, I don't, I don't I his dad is a little extreme. No, yeah, very extreme. Okay. <laughs> but again. My dad was going for the wedding, right? And really that was called an introduction. That was not, he was not going for, he was going for an introduction, but especially when you're coming from the US or outside Nigeria and the person's in Nigeria, you want to knock it out all at the same time. So maybe you Uh, might do an introduction, wedding and church wedding, okay? uh, At the same time. But those things can be spaced out. There can be an introduction, but most of the time, the girl knows the guy. She's talked to the dad about the guy. I, I mean, it will be. I don't know anyone who would not. And then when they come for the traditional wedding, it's mainly form, formalities where we know you're going to marry her. We're good to go. Any beef has been dealt with at the introduction. But I have seen weddings where the parents showed up late because the night before the girl is still trying to convince them, hey this is it. I'm doing it. And they're like, no. And I have seen weddings where the parents didn't show up. So, you know, it it can swing from here to there, but the general idea is by the time you say wedding, people are not pulling up for no reason, right? People are pulling up because something is definitely going to happen. Introduction is a different conversation. Introduction Uh... can be, this might be the first time my dad is meeting her dad. Mm -hmm. Um, My people are meeting her people, but I, you most likely I've met her people. I, she's, told her dad about me. Um, so yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Thank you for speaking on that. <laughs> Moving on to the <laughs> next subject. Um, tell me about your, your life as a father. Do you have trouble balancing work Along, um, along with being a father, along with being a husband, along with being a pastor, tell me, tell me about this. Like, what are the, the struggles that you have? And what are some struggles that you think that women don't recognize or take for granted?
1: Uh, Rick got you on this one. I was already mad at him. I was like, "You spilling the secrets, homie." I
0: know he did so well. <laughs> Rick did amazing.
1: He did. He did. Um, I tell he needs to stop that whole thing of "I'm not. <laughs> I'm just. A, I don't you know? No one is just. Everyone is an eternal being made by God. So no one is just a whatever.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, anyway,
1: um, so I'll say this is for me today. Do I struggle with work? They call it work-life balance. I hardly everything of that word, um, family, um, being a pastor. No, I I don't because I, I, I might right now, I understand what matters. I understand the things that I can, I can suck at being an employee. Right. But if I, and you know, there'll be consequences. I could find another job, but suck to be, to suck at being a husband, you know, let's just, let's just line up the $30,000 for the divorce attorney. Right. And and, Mm then, uh, alimony and then the child support i mean that's it's look in my life some people would say this in my me in my five children family and my wife it is way cheaper to keep her like way <laughs> cheaper. like I
0: I so, think that's where you were so, going so
1: much cheaper than, now that's not the reason i'm keeping her but <laughs> you know it's like if, if you have a spreadsheet and you know yeah. Yeah. So.
0: <laughs> line by line item. Yeah. Yeah. Way it's cheaper like, to oh,
1: caper. Oh, you said 40% goes to what? No, no, no. It's forget <laughs> about it. Like I'll have, I don't like, look, if you look at my family, I, they're like, the judge's going to look at me and go, no, get, take all his money. He looks, don't know. Like yeah. I, I just look like the bad guy in that picture. So mm-hmm. I got no shot. I got to do this <laughs> right. Um. So I, I, I don't struggle but that's that was a journey you know that was a journey i don't struggle with you know being a pastor is a little different because i've done this before screwed it up really well like hey this is what you should not do and got overwhelmed and you took a lot of things personal and if five people only showed up for the meeting and not 20 then i was distraught because it meant that i wasn't doing something right and just you know, just was bad. And, you know, that pressure, that constant pressure, um, of this is what I'm, I I can, I can do better. Um, just was messed up. So for, for today here, here's how, here's how I would say it is. as a man, I have a, I have a cheat code and the cheat code is I already have a good father. If I just let him father through me, no pressure on me. Right and he, fam, the family was established before businesses. Like God, I believe God created A- Adam and Eve, and gave them each other before businesses, before anything else. God established man and woman. That relationship is important. But before man and woman, God there was God and Adam, and God was in relationship with Adam, and that relationship was number one. And from that relationship, Adam could be a husband, could be a father, could be a businessman, could take care of the garden, could take care of the animals, could create innovations, innovations, could name animals, could do all sorts of things. We don't know for how long, but it was very successful because God and him were in a good relationship. So that's my balance. Um, does it mean that it's easy? No, nah, it's not. There's 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 definitely times that I've almost screwed everything up and be like, well, I guess we're done. Um, Mm -hmm. but the, the, the pressure I used to feel and I've been that guy was like, man, I got my whole family on my back and that Mm -hmm. is dangerous. It is, it might be true in some sense, but that is dangerous because just living with that knowledge is and and thinking that way, that's just it. That is just dangerous because it's a lot. And I see guys that well-meaning and they're awesome fathers and everything. But the pressure they live under because they don't want to screw up it's just a lot. So I think for me, I'm not under pressure, but I do have responsibilities and it ain't no joke. Like, it's, I'm not, but how minimizing. do you
0: balance those p- responsibilities?
1: I, I literally go back to God. I'm not playing like I, I, before I was ever a pastor, I was like, we got to be friends because I'm, I am drowning. We got to be really good friends. And if you can show me how this works, and I'm not talking about church or religion. And that is, that stuff is easy. I can look, I can put on a good face, go to church, smile at everybody. Next week you hear that I'm divorced, right? It's, Mm -hmm. I've seen it. I can do that easy. I can be good at work and then pull up at a bar, be drunk all night, wake up, do it again, right? Whatever, I can be addicted to substances and being inappropriate relationships like I can play the game my dad was a pastor I grew up in the church I was used to people watching me I know how to say yes say hi say the right prayer turn the right way wear the right clothes and then turn around Mm -hmm. at night and go out and become a demon right I know how to play the game I've played it before and it's exhausting and it's stupid and so I failed is how I got here I failed at a lot of things and I was like there got to be a better way but if you want to talk about Let's just say you're not in that kind of relationship with God, and you you have a family, you have children, you have a job, and all that, and you have m- men are about goals. Okay, this is the men are
0: about goals. Oh yes, at- tell me about this. Okay, I gotta at- tell the listener. Hold a second. Go ahead. Okeem and I just did the boot camp last week. When oh, this yeah, comes out, it'll be a <laughs> couple of weeks after, right? But there is a gentleman in our group that <laughs> just needed some extra help. One of the directors brings them up and I'm sitting there and I'm so intense about how he's going to be directed. And O'Keefe comes up, he sits next to me. He's like, that's really hard to do to ask a guy to do that without goals. And I'm like, it's hard to ask you to love me without goals. (laughs) And you hit me with so much truth. So please tell the listener, why is it hard for men to give love or to be able to exceed in a certain area without having goals. Please tell us we need to know.
1: I mean, all the dudes just heard that and went, what do you mean without goals? I like, didn't even understand yes, what you just I know, said. I like know, I know. shook
0: me for the rest of the day.
1: Yeah. So, so let me ask you this. What, I, and you don't have to answer, but you don't I have to will. your husband. You know. But for men, for men in your life,
0: mm-hmm.
1: when do they get the most emotional? like yelling jumping screaming high-fiving when do you when do they get the most emotional don't say sex we're not doing that no well actually i will
0: say the the, um (laughs) sunday after the boot camp brandon did give me a high five after sex so i will say that i did a good job gold star treatment Um, but I would say Brandon gets most emotional when he's either really hot, um, of um energy, like um heating energy. So, okay. um, anger he gets, okay. you know, that will get okay. him very emotional. Okay. Frustration will something,
1: get. If he's not able to hit a goal. Okay, good. All right. Oh no. my
0: god, frustration. He gets yeah. it for frustration. Um, also when. Oh my god! Oh my god! I'm just you proving your point out? as I talk. <laughs> I was. <laughs> <laughs> i was about to say when he does really well at work which is hitting a goal yeah, um but yeah. i was to say when something is funny which was his goal was to watch something funny oh my god what does it say that again
1: what do men like to watch
0: um i think they like to watch what they want to be in real life I think they like the idealism of was it Jason Strahan being able (laughs) to, you know, round cake house somebody and steal cars and bank rob and, you know, like the expendables guys like (laughs) because I feel like in stuff that they wish they could do that they can never do.
1: They could never do. Okay. No, okay. uh, oh come on like seriously uh, do no, you think good. like
0: the average guy can literally shoot this guy in the face throw ninja stars on
1: xbox we can yeah <laughs> 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 don't play with okay me i'll give you that Creed. on xbox
0: yeah. guys are pretty cool Somebody but in real life
1: <laughs> okay and... what about what else do they watch think about this one what else porn, do guys spend... i
0: guess that's porn, the second well, thing. <laughs> They're either watching action look, figures or yeah. porn.
1: Okay, you need new friends, number one. <laughs> but let's leave that alone. That will mess up your intimacy. Um,
0: no, I don't think um, Brian watches porn. He might. I don't know. That's a conversation I don't even want to go into. I don't want to
1: find out. Honestly. me either.
0: So I'm just going. to What leave about there. what about sports? Oh yeah, he. I mean, he watches sports. He's just yeah. not really into it. He. Okay. I think he works yeah. too much. Much for it. Um. He gotcha. did play sports in school, so oh, he was. Okay. He did play football all four years of high school. Oh no, okay. he played middle school and high school. So he. How do you know
1: he, he played middle school? Yeah, How so you know. he
0: played all all those years. It was I guess seven years, or he was in band. I don't know. I've been with him for almost 10 years. I don't <laughs> know. I don't know. Well, but you know I the know stories, right? Know. Yes, yes. You
1: know the sports stories, like the good games he had, the bad games he yeah. had, things that, yeah, yeah, okay. So I, I took this long journey just to, which thanks for pointing out <laughs> all this stuff, show you is guys get emotional about sports, mm-hmm. guys get emotional about work and stuff like that. All those things are measurable. Sports is the most, is the easiest. There's, It's right there. There's points want to screw up a guy show him a sports game there's no scores I mean he will let you get what so who's winning Yeah. Yeah. points goals you know touchdowns rebounds like they're measuring I mean nowadays they measure everything so what do guys do they plop in front of the tv and the guy that you're like he never shows his emotions Uh uh-uh he's shouting he's yelling Mm -hmm. he's Mm -hmm. happy he's cursing he's pumping his fist he might even hug you he might even yell at you when you didn't do anything now he's emotional so because he can see the line this is the line it's white they cross the line it's a touchdown and then here come women and it's like okay there's 750 lines and by the way the fact that you can't recognize all of them tells me you don't really love me and the guy goes what who changed the rules in this game and he looks around and he's like what in the world and then she's like well that was yesterday so right now we're gonna have to do it differently because right now I'm changing the rules. And he's just like, I don't understand you. What are you? You said it was here. She's like, no, I said it was here at 4.50 p.m. It's 4.52 p.m. Now it's there. And you didn't even notice that, did you? Did you notice that it changed? No, you didn't notice that. It and guess what? It's not even there anymore. And he's just like, how in the world did we get here? Like It's, it's confusing or whatever. So I got it. We got to know. Where are, yes. we okay. are we going with this thing? What are we going with this thing? I mean, there got to be something. And look, we'll give you love. We love women. Like we love relationships. We'll give it. Y'all are beautiful. I mean, it's like right. you walk in the bathroom, come out. It's like, what, how the heck did you change from that to that? It's amazing. It smells mm-hmm. nice. You know, we love it. But sometimes we're just like, what, when, what, what are we playing by? What book are we using? The Bible? Well, that's a little weird. I don't know if that follows it. Maybe, maybe not. We don't really understand everything it says. What are we playing by? Your rules? You keep changing the rules. How am I supposed to know if I'm doing good or I'm doing bad? Let's play by my rules. Well, my rules don't have emotions involved. So that's (laughs) definitely going to break stuff apart. I mean, you you walk around this mountain a bunch of times and you realize, Houston, we have a problem. (laughs) So when we looked at that, man, we were looking at a dude who was dealing with a situation and his wife was saying something about yeah she doesn't believe him and things and the guy was like saying that he's been doing these things that was what he was saying i've been doing these things and i've changed and i've you know in three months he had numbers right Mm -hmm. in three or six months i've done this and this and this and i've turned around and in his mind if the problem was my behavior and i've changed my behavior why isn't it working Mm. If, if, if i need if i'm looking for x here's x Why isn't, why isn't that the answer? The woman goes, it was, I mean, the behavior was part of it, but the problem is my heart. My heart is not safe. My heart is gone. My heart is flown away and you're showing me the behavior now, but hey, I don't, she, and she doesn't even know necessarily in that situation. She didn't even know how to say what Mm -hmm. she wanted, but she just was not at peace. She was not safe. She, did, she, she couldn't trust him she did not feel secure and he was confused because he's like I thought I had all those things and now you just want me to change this one thing and and she's really asking him at his essence at his core is I need you to really love me I need you to love me and forget about the rules forget about what happens just love me and for him he's going I'm doing the right things mm-hmm. why are you worried about that <laughs> and so it was one of those things where I would have said to them is hey listen I I, to him I was like, bro, if you love her, you win the game. I'm just like, you don't know this now, but you love her and you just listen to her and you just hear her out. Don't, don't just, God used to tell me this. I used to literally, I would go in the bathroom to pray, right? And you know, good old Christian boy, let's go pray in the morning and I will start praying. I'll literally hear God say, Hey, what are you doing? I'm like, what, you, what do you mean? What am I doing? I'm praying to you. Shouldn't you be listening? He's like, uh, you need to go talk to your wife. That stuff that went down last night, you need to go figure it out. I'm like, oh wait, I got I got people to teach, I got a message to preach and all. He's like, okay. And you know, it was just like I was bidding, like I was trying to talk, and the it just was like a waste of time. I'm like, why do you keep doing this? Why do you keep pushing me back? Like, what if it's her fault? I mean, have you mm-hmm. thought of that? And I'm I I mean, it was, I struggled with it. I was like, I don't want my whole message to be about me and my wife. And the stuff we deal with, and I struggled with this. And then one day he told me, he's like, you know, there's a lot of people that you meet, you meet, you minister to, you talk to. And a lot of them, um, if their parents had listened to me when I told their parents, go talk to your wife, go talk to your husband, they would not be in the situation they are in because mm-hmm. they didn't deal with their giants. Those giants walked into their children's rooms and intimidated them. And now they're living in fear and they're dealing with all this baggage because they didn't take care of what really mattered. And they were more interested in looking good to people, to religion, to the outside world. So when I send you to your wife, it's because I understand that relationship is the next thing after me and you. And if you fix that, we're good. If you don't, it's going to come for our relationship. It's going gonna, it's gonna to eventually affect you. Um, and I had to, that's how I was able to see my relationship with my wife as an actual goal, if you like, mm-hmm. or a thing that I can basically um, focus on and enjoy. And so that's that's my journey. That's my experience is I now know. I, I Boy, he had to knock that one into my head. I now understand. She doesn't want me to do anything sometimes. She just wants me. She doesn't necessarily want... I mean, sometimes she wants stuff, but she sometimes, she just wants me to be like, you know what, boo? I see that you tried to do that. It's cool. Tell me about when you went to Rachel's house that's sometimes that's all she wants mm-hmm. and when she's when she's rolling when, when she's rolling I, I win she puts points on my team she's on, uh, I'm scoring points without doing anything when she's good and so understanding that and not putting it into well I did this so I should get this just loving in a way that just literally is open it could go she could talk she could be quiet she could share, she could ask, she could cry, she could laugh is a really essential part of marriages and relationships. And sometimes men, the only time we push that button is when we're desperate. She asked for it or we, or something is going really bad. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's where that disconnect can sometimes happen. The woman needs to understand he's thinking about goals and those goals are also goals that affect you. Like you like the house, you like the car, you don't hate that stuff. You just want his heart as well. And he's going, I'm just going to give you more houses and more cars because I can measure that stuff. But he doesn't understand sometimes that your heart needs to feel safe, needs to feel at home, needs to feel that warm, fuzzy feeling. And that that's going to help you work with him as he achieves all these other goals and be his partner, be his sidekick, be his friend, be his um be his um, confidant, be his cheerleader for you. So we both win when we can have these conversations, but sometimes we've just never had those conversations. And for a long time, women will roll with a man they love for a long time because they know him at his core. He's a good man. They love him. They know he loves him without necessarily getting this from them. They will fight in there. And the man will think, oh, we're good. She never comes. She's fine. She's happy. And then one day they hit him with a bombshells like, you never listen to me he's like did you say never like that just sounds crazy
0: <laughs> yeah you're not those listening are fighting now words
1: so All right, yeah there.
0: yeah no thank you for sharing that those were that was very clear and very heart-touching Because I think as women, and that's why I wanted to have men on this season, you know, I didn't get very many that volunteered and I kind of bullied you into doing it. Uh, uh. (laughs) I'm like, what are you doing? Do you want to be on my podcast? Um, But I I just feel like there is always another side that we don't get to see as women. And there's so many different things that men are like, you don't know what it's like to be men and women are always fighting to be equal, but we don't always get to see that other side because it's not always talked about so openly. So thank you so much for just dropping little nuggets for us in the series of talking with men so that Mm -hmm. we can kind of, we can... I'd I like to say foul down those sharp edges of views of yeah. our everyday man. Um, moving on, I did want to ask you, what is the stereotype of you and do you think you fit that stereotype?
1: I really don't know anymore. Um, I, that, I God has blessed me to be in so many circles. You should have seen when they said I was a pastor at boot camp, and people in my small group were like, I mean, you're just full of surprises. And I'm like, well, if you had found out early, you, I don't know what the, I don't know. But I'm in so many circles um, that I really don't know anymore uh, what my stereotype is. There are times I'm like, whoa, okay, I forgot about that. Um, mm-hmm. But, I, and then I've, I've told, I, I've tried to take an active role in not waiting for anybody to tell me who I am, but every morning to remind myself who God says I am. And I'm really, I'm really very like, I mean that as much as I can at this moment in my life. So sometimes I forget, I really do. And I'm like, Oh yeah, dang, I, mean, I am Nigerian. Um, I do. I do um, understand that. Oh, they were told I'm in that group. Oh, okay, cool. That's. Um, but I think for me in the light of who God sees me as it's hard to really stay in one place or accept anything. And and I don't know if you can't. I don't know if there's a healthy way to accept your stereotype and not play live to it, because the Bible says, "As a man thinks in his heart, so is he." Um, but I understand the fact that we homeschool children. I'll put that out there. <laughs> so sometimes there's that homeschool stereotype used to really bother um, us. I, if you like, probably more, most likely my wife. He bothers my wife. He bothers me because you know she's my wife and I care. So it didn't really bother me, but he bothered her, and I was like. <sighs> So that was one, you know, the stereotype of homeschooling. Oh, your kids are not going to be socially exposed and you're not going to be this and they are not going to be balanced. And I'm just like, because, you know, I've met, I, I went to, I went to school, public school. I met y'all that went to public school. Y'all as jacked up as I am. And <laughs> trying to. We're trying to force people into the system that we complained about. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't get that. So anyway, that that was my thing. I was like, I'm just amazed at how I've had people come to my house to have meetings about, man, this is, you should change this. And I'm like, I just talked to your kids. I just talked to them and they're making bad decisions. And they started when this happened. So. That's probably one that I see, and, like, I don't know what people expect the homeschool people to be. Um, Amber makes this joke about sister wives and all <laughs> that, and she's like, hey, Jedediah, will the, the other wives be joining <laughs> us for dinner? <laughs> so, so that's our inside joke, and yeah, we're not like that, obviously. You've met my wife, you've Jeopardiah. met me, so. I don't know where she found that name. It's ridiculous. It's in
0: the Bible. Jedediah is in the is Bible. It? Yeah. Okay.
1: So, yeah, she... <laughs> That that's probably the one that I, I can think of. But as a man, oh man, um, I have opened my door sometimes, and people are like, "You live here?" I'm like, yeah, I do. You got, and I didn't think much of it until later. I was like, "Oh, that probably might have been um, they were surprised that I live here. Huh? Why were they surprised? Because again, I see myself a certain way. Yeah. So, um, I think I'll just say this for those of you that don't haven't been to Africa I don't know about Africa um talk to Africans um their social media has kind of helped with that there's African I'll give you a movie you should watch on Netflix it's called The Wedding Party okay oh,
0: I've go seen watch that The One. Wedding
1: Party good yes it's a good way to understand some of the it's it's a little bit over Hollywoodized if you like um, dramatic but yeah it's it's a good intro into what how um Nigerians in particular are but I'll just say yeah we're Africans are probably more different than anything else you've seen. Um, but we're just like you we're, were with you, we're among you. And that's totally, that's that's probably the bigger one is like, oh, you're African. Okay, cool. But it's really changed. I came here in 2006, and I remember people asking me questions about swinging from trees and taking bats and speaking English and <laughs> traveling at the airport and all that. <coughs> yeah, I'm not even playing. Did you guys have ice cream? Like it was a lot. I took it as you guys are curious. You guys don't know. Some Mm -hmm. people took it differently. Um, But that's probably the biggest one. Outside of that, am I I my stereotype? I'm a hybrid. I've been in the U.S. long enough to be American, and I've been in Nigeria long enough to be Nigerian. I'm probably a hybrid. Um, So because of that, I can live in both worlds comfortably, and that allows me advantages, but it also has disadvantages. So Sometimes you're rejected because you're not fully like them. Sometimes you're accepted because you're like them and you're the one that can tell them about them. It's just mm. weird, but I, I'm a hybrid. So I, I think, here's what I think, buddy. Let me, let me tell you something I think about. I actually ask myself this question sometimes. What would I be if I was made and I had no, let's just say somehow you could, God just made me and I was perfect and I landed. What would I have been? Would I have been a hunter? Would I have been a Viking? Let's just say I could be anything I wanted. No, let's somehow I could live in any time span. What would I have been? Because that person is going to be super successful because he really is following the plan for his life. Mm. So when I think about that, that's what motivates me because I feel like if I was designed to be... excuse me, if I was designed to be a farmer, and I'm in a situation where, well, World War II is here, we got to go fight the war, I'll be a decent soldier. But at at my core, I was a farmer. Um, And so that's how I think about myself is what was I really meant to be? That's kind of how I got to storytelling is, I felt like that was something I was supposed to be, that Mm -hmm. was not necessarily had much to do with, um, with how I looked, what I what I've done. I If you're a storyteller, you're a storyteller. Um, so that's one of the things that I embrace that I accept, I receive. Um, I've actually I've actually been an actor and the roles I've played, I'm like, I am not like that in real life, but it helped me understand you might also be acting out your whole life. This ain't what God mm. wanted you to do. So, you know, what's up with that? And I was like, yo, that's stupid, but it's possible. So if yeah. I didn't give you I don't know what stereotype I am honestly. No, no. I, but that's where I am. Again,
0: a gorgeous answer. I love it. I'm I'm here for it. Are you ready for your Spitfire questions? Let's do it. I kind of catered these to you. Are you ready? Except
1: catered. I
0: <laughs> How old are you? I'm 34.
1: 5455 five, five. 35, sorry. Okay.
0: <laughs> You're not the first one to 20, forget. 20, it's okay. 20, 20, what is your man. sexual orientation?
1: I have an awesome wife and she is amazing i am attracted to amber so
0: oh oh my god i i'm gonna i'm gonna text her after we get off of this and be like okay it, girl please. i see I you i see you board. girl Let's you your own sexual orientation yes, <laughs> all <by> um, <laughs> who's your role model
1: oh man I'll give you, I'll give you two answers. I'll be cliche. I'll say God. And I know that's going to cliche. So I'm just going to give you my dad. Um, okay. I've seen him do the right thing no matter what. And that's brave and that's bold. And so um, it's just awesome to, to be a man of your word and say who you are. He, he is that guy. So, yeah.
0: Are you spiritual or religious?
1: Ah, <laughs> spiritual or religious. I mean, come on. It, loaded question. I'll say, I have a relationship with God, probably spiritual, but I understand the need for organized religion um, and religion takes a bad rap. But like, if we have a church of 2000 people, we can probably feed 3000 people that are hungry in the city every month. Right. And so we need big bodies, but we also need personal relationships. Um, so I'm fine with being part of a religious organization, but that's not what powers me. That is part of who I am. My real purpose comes from my relationship with God so there you go
0: are you a taker or a giver in the bedroom
1: in the bedroom
0: mm-hmm. are you a taker or are you a giver
1: I mean I mean what am I supposed to say homie I am a giver
0: okay <laughs> what's your favorite color black what's your favorite book
1: oh, come on <laughs> I'll, okay, I'll get uh, you know, I will say the Bible, and I know it sounds cliche, I don't care, but I will say, I will say, <laughs> there is a writer that Um, his he was Jewish, his name is Leon Uris. I could be pronouncing it wrong. Any book that man wrote was stupid good, I can't even find them, but stupid good. Oh boy, it's coming for him, though, in my mind. Um, Mr. Max Malcolm Gladwell, whoa, talk about storytelling. Yeah, oh, Gladwell's my goodness. good. Goodness. That I have, like a couple of write. his
0: books. Yeah.
1: Oh, if he writes my name, I'm reading it. I mean, he anything he writes, I love it. So
0: mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, because uh, he did the um blink.
1: He did blink. He did what the dog saw. He yes, did, that's um, my
0: next one on my list. Oh my god, he did, yes.
1: Um, his book, his best book in my opinion is David and Goliath.
0: I that okay, so those two are both on my my Audible list. I'm I'm ready yeah. for it. I'm here for oh, it. Oh my
1: god. The, he messes up David and Goliath. He really does. How can yeah. you mess up the best story in the world? He does. He messes <laughs> it up, but he brings it back together. And it's just like, I'm seeing it like- what
0: Well, stop the- telling what's me happening? about it so I I'm can read it. I'm not telling
1: you anything. I'm just telling you he messes up David and Goliath because that's the name of the title of the book.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Are you a saver or a spender?
1: Oh my goodness. I save. Please. Somebody got to save in this relationship. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um are you a democrat or a republican
1: oh i i believe in people um, okay and i choose a path that i believe is um the best for i i, I agree with so um
0: so yeah, you're just gonna skate through gonna that question that yep. okay cool yep.
1: leave that one alone are you
0: a good boy or a bad boy
1: i've been both and they both suck um because <laughs> i was being good for people and i was being bad for people so mm. right now i'm just I consider myself to be a failed, a failed, um, a failed business that was that a venture capitalist came on called God and revived. And now I just do what he says. Cause I'm on his, I'm living. I have a second chance because of him. So.
0: Okay. Uh, Texas question. Salsa being a given guac or queso.
1: Well, there's no competition, homie. Are you serious? You, is there I, anything no. that tastes like avocado? Anything?
0: Nothing tastes like avocado. Nothing. But, like, are you, like, about the queso, though? Because is queso.
1: But it's going to lose every time. It's like, do you like beef I know. Like
0: I'm like, always going to choose man. guac. Bacon
1: goes with everything. <laughs> guac is, like, I don't know how. It doesn't have a sweet. That fruit is just, it's a superfood. It's good for you. It tastes great. Oh, gosh. My wife knows. She she can make a meal that she's like, he might not like this, but if I put some guacamole on it, it's going <laughs> to it work every time. Oh, my
0: God. I love her so much. If you have if you have won or got a million dollars today, what are the top three things you would do?
1: Shoot a film, pay off my house and then, um, yeah, save the rest. That's that's going to be it.
0: Just too, you You're going to make a movie and then yeah,
1: make a save. film, make a film, Pay off my house, save the rest. Well, by the time Uncle Sam is done with me, I don't know if I'll have anything left. But make a film in, in, the, in order of importance: pay off the house, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, mm, make the film. or say make the film and then save.
0: Yeah. Okay. What is your love language?
1: acts of service baby man yeah you you wash them dishes you got me going (laughs) (laughs) I get hot over that nonsense
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's so funny because a lot of women have acts of service on their list and I didn't understand it until I got married to Brandon if he takes out the trash and puts gas in my car Talk about gold star service at night. I tell you, like you are isn't gonna that awesome? get it, bro. Like you I'm about to make your toes <laughs> curl, son. Like, let's do this shit. I am ready. Um, what is your biggest fear?
1: Uh biggest fear. Mm, used to be that I would lose my wife um, because mm-hmm. of my stupidity. And recently, um I've I now understand it. Well, let me put it this way. I am no longer afraid of that, con- that because I- I'm just not afraid of that anymore. So, biggest fear, biggest fear, biggest fear. Whew. You know what? To run out of time to do the things that I believe God has called me to do. Um, I think that's probably like my biggest thing. Like, dude, I need to make sure that when I'm having that conversation with my homeboys in heaven, like, yo, we did this. I'm like, yeah. oh, dang, nebbit. I never got to make the film
0: oh ah, shoot, yeah sorry
1: man that 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 would be sad if I don't get the time to do the things that I feel like I was called to do. I want to make I want to tell stories that people will go I never saw and mm-hmm. like that I never saw marriage like that I never saw family like that I never saw God like that mm-hmm. and those are the stories that I love like I would talk for five hours about stuff like that
0: so yeah yeah uh, plastic surgery do you have any would you get any are you thinking about getting some how do you feel about plastic surgery it's a spitfire question so it could be a no no yes
1: I mean I've seen people and I'm going wow you know you looked worse than that oh cool I mean you know <laughs> wow you paid for that oh okay I mean um yeah sure do what you got it's you know would I, you I, ever get any probably not I mean I don't know that I am that impressed with me um to improve anything i am very satisfied with the with the way the cards were rolled i thank god for the gifts that he gave me i don't know that i would ever i mean obviously if you have you know some kind of injury or something something would help yeah but i would have to appreciate i would have to appreciate my body enough to be like yeah let's improve it and i honestly just think this is just a hunk of flesh and Mm. the real me is not this hunk of flesh so um i'm on on a normal circumstances not really but um who the heck knows
0: yeah how long have you been growing out your beard
1: um it, i don't know it's been it's been so long but this i've done rolls where i had to cut it down and it would take like two months to grow back so when you see me i'm normally sitting at around two months of beard growing okay. um but in terms of have I've always I've had it for so long now I'm like I had this in college it wasn't as good looking because I was hungrier back then like, it was not as fully grown <laughs> so right. um yeah it's been probably about 2 months of growth and I cut it down every once in a while and freak out my kids and like who is that
0: Yeah. Man? Yeah. Is there anything you want to say to the listener that we have not covered yet?
1: Uh so I'll say this to your to listeners hey men Um, men are, men have hearts, they have emotions, they have fears, they have, um, insecurities. They don't show you because we're supposed to be the ones that protect and all that. But if you, if the man is safe, the boy will come out. And when the boy comes out, I believe that's when you've connected with his heart in a way that is priceless, So for those, for women or, you know, me and my wife had this conversation around, she was like, oh my God, I didn't know, I didn't know that was hurting you. Sometimes we have, we don't say it as men, but for you, for those who don't love in men or relationships with men, and you know, they're amazing and you want to connect more, um, you can't force it out. You're just going to have to trust him. You're going to have to listen to him the same way you want him to listen to you. You're going to have to um, be patient with him and say, listen, baby, I'm here, whatever you need. And live it out. And then he's going to talk to you. And when you hear a man talk, you will never forget it because he can complain. He can he can scream in pleasure. He can be mad. But when you hear a man talk, you will not forget it because you will know in that moment, oh my God, no one has met this guy before. I'm maybe one of the three people in life that have met this person that just came out and then he'll run back inside his cave and surround himself with his toys. But These, these men have hearts. Um, Sometimes you're beat down by society. Sometimes there's not a lot of chair. There's not a lot of people rooting for them. There's, there's a lot of competition. And so they don't come out. But I'm just telling you the same way you want to be loved. Your husband wants the same thing. Your boyfriends, your sons want the same thing. Trust them. Don't force it. Love them. Be there for them. Stand by them. And when they feel safe, they'll come out. Um, and, um, they, they, they'll, they'll share with you who they are. And it's an amazing thing when you have that conversation. Cause in that moment, you'll know, I don't care who he sees out there. She hasn't met this dude. And that just gives you so much peace and safety and comfort and confidence, knowing that he really shared himself with you. But if you just look at the exterior, you're like, ah, he don't need that. She'll be all right. He's always complaining anyway. He's always, oh man, he don't even have a heart. He doesn't feel anything. He does. He covers it. He can't show weakness. He can't, he's been trained that way. So that's all I got.
0: What an interesting conversation we had. It's <laughs> like I wasn't there. <laughs> I had so much fun talking with him. I hope that you enjoyed listening to our conversation. As always, I have some points that I like to always bring out. And I think for me, He knew and he heard Rick, uh, he knows and heard Rick's episode that um, came out this season. And I was so excited that he was able to give another spin and look, um, the men having goals, goal oriented and how much as women we are asking for men to, to put faith in us by not giving them a goal in loving us and how hard that is for a man to understand that love has no goal and that they have to be able to love us as women or as men whatever in a relationship um that we we have to give them some some help Well, I don't know if that's what he said, but that's what I got. I need to help. I need to help my husband understand that the goal is for me to love him. And he said it beautifully. And I'm so glad that he was able to um, bring that little nugget to light for us. Um, I also wanted to bring out the lifestyle of the different cultures that he talks about. And how... I mean, he's married to an American woman. But it's just funny to me to hear those different outlooks. And he says, we go to these meetings. And I'm like, what is happening at these meetings? Okay, you just keep talking about these meetings. What are these meetings? But even though these people are leaving their country, they still have a lifeline back at home. And, you know, we we have so many resources now that, it's very interesting to hear how supportive your state, your country, your village, your your tribe, your neighborhood would be supportive of you leaving to better yourself and all the good that they're supposed to do. Uh, he talked about from sending people to college with scholarships to burials to weddings. And that is, that is a beautiful thing that I wish other cultures would adapt so that you don't feel alone. You know, I can only imagine what the culture shock would be to move from the United States to, you know, the middle of Asia or, you know, the culture shock from the middle of Africa to move to Spain. Um, You know, it's, those culture shocks. So to be able to have that lifeline still there for you, I think is is amazing. Um, he's also part of the boot camp, and as you know, you can always let me know if you want to go. I will make sure that we get you into a class. I believe the next one starts in February, so just let me know. I'll hook you up. Um, but. His viewpoint on a lot of things was interesting to me. His favorite book, *David and Goliath* by Malcolm uh, Malcolm Gladwell. There we go. Um, I read that book after talking with him, and let me tell you, if you like an underdog story, and it's it's not a um, it's not a fluff piece. If you like some deep work reading. I suggest you pick up this book. I suggest you download it on Audible. It is a very good book, Um, and like you said, a very good storyteller, a very good writer. So, if that is something that you're interested in, I will say I will give you a stamp of approval that that is a very good book to read and to get into. I think that's it for me. Uh, Please check us out on our Facebook group, You Gotta Meet Her Podcast. I'm Christine Barr, and I will check you on the next one.